Thank you, Kelly Robinson. Good morning, everybody. It's a beautiful day in our neighborhood, to use an old term. Can't believe how long Mr. Rogers has been gone. Anyway, it's a lovely day across Texas. Cool weather came through, rain came through, some hail in our part of Texas. I hope you're having a great Saturday and uh, a lot of things going on. Lots of graduations, parties, uh, just uh, springtime chance to get out in the garden and and uh, make things beautiful so i hope that uh, i can contribute to that last part of it give us a call we are live on this saturday and it's 888-256-1080 for the texas lawn and garden hour 888-256-1080 jared taylor is running the boards and answering the phones and uh, let's fill up those lines how about that wouldn't that be good that would be a good treat And uh, I'd look forward to talking to you. 888-256-1080. One thing that's very important, very timely at this time of year, a couple of things that we can begin with, and then we'll talk about others. But hopefully I'd I'd rather talk about your questions than my commentary. Oh, and I see Joan and Brian's already calling, and that's great. Uh, If you have crepe myrtles, and if you have had crepe myrtle bark, scale the white insect that looks a great deal like mealybugs plastered all up and down the stems and the twigs and uh, that shows up in the summertime this is a relatively new insect causes a sticky residue on the leaves and then black sooty mold to grow on those same stems and twigs and leaves if you've had that in the past and in the past year Last year, and if you have that black sooty mold, mold's not the problem. It's the uh, it's the white crepe myrtle bark scale that causes all of that. You can prevent the appearance of those uh, scale insects by applying a systemic insecticide. I'm going to spell it for you. It's imidacloprid. Yeah, that's a mouthful. Uh, imidacloprid, and I'll spell it in a moment. Uh, you apply that as a drench around the drip line of the uh, crepe myrtles and then water it into the soil. Uh, it is a very common insecticide made by, uh, available in several different products at almost any outlet in Texas, um, unless they are just absolutely and totally organic. Uh, most uh, hardware stores, retail nurseries, feed stores will have it. It's I-M-I-D-A-C-L-O-P-R-I-D imidacloprid, and uh, it will do a very good job of uh, preventing crepe myrtle bark scale and crepe myrtle aphids. The timing, according to research done by Texas A&M University entomologists, uh, is the middle of May, and we are pretty close to the middle of May right now. You dare not wait too much longer, and uh, you apply it as a soil drench, water it into the soil, and it will stop the uh, crepe myrtle bark scale better than anything else. Uh, Dormant oil in the winter doesn't get it. Topical sprays applied, once you see them actively uh, involved on the plants, that won't work. There is a predatory insect, a ladybug, called the twice-stabbed ladybug because it has black wings with two orange dots on the wings, one on each wing. Uh, that one is, is just gobbles up the uh, crepe myrtle bark scale, but by then the, the scale may have left enough honeydew, that sticky residue, on which the black sooty mold, the, the official mold is called sooty mold, uh, can grow. So to stop all of that nonsense, use the imidacloprid systemic insecticide soil drench now. 
So, that's enough to get us started. We have Joan and Brian, Jennifer, and College Station. Go to Brazos County for our first two calls, and we'll do that in just a moment. Let me first, though, tell you about my book, Neil Spray's Lone Star Gardening. I've had a sale going on this spring, and will continue it as long as it's spring in Texas. That's not much longer. Uh, This may be the only gardening reference book that you will need to be successful right here in Texas. It's a hardback with 344 pages. 840 of my photographs. It was printed in Texas. I wanted it to be totally Texas. Uh, 11 chapters that cover lawns. Well, let's not, let's do them in order. Basics of Gardening in Texas is chapter one. A calendar, a 48 page calendar, four pages per month, telling you what needs to be done in each month of the gardening year. For example, that in mid-May you put out the imidacloprid systemic insecticide for the equipment myrtle bark scale, etc., etc., 48 pages of that. And then uh, chapter 3 is an extensive chapter on trees. And then chapter 4 is shrubs, then vines, ground covers, annuals, perennials, lawns, fruit, and vegetables. It's all in this book. I spent a year of my life writing this book. I spent a lifetime of my life learning what needed to go into this book. Uh, Your satisfaction with the book is completely guaranteed, or I'll refund every penny. I have to do that because I chose not to put the book in stores or on Amazon. You have no way of looking at the book before you buy it. You kind of go on blind trust. But you know what? Out of uh, six printings of the book, I've not been asked to refund on any copy of the book so far. It's going to happen sometime, I know that. But uh, here's the good news. I think you'll have a book that you'll like a lot. And uh, I'll, I'll refund with absolutely no questions asked if you're not happy. But in the meanwhile, for all of those 78,000 people who have gotten the book, with a signed copy, I might add, I sign every copy as it sells, uh, they have a book that uh, is a very big aid in helping them be successful in gardening here in the Lone Star State. I wrote the book for every county in Texas. Sent one to Brownsville this week. I'm proud to do so. So, Not in stores, not on Amazon, available two ways. One of them is by calling my office Monday through Friday business hours. The other is by going to my website. My office telephone number is 800-752-GROW, 800-752-4769. The better way is to order it directly from my website right now, and that's neilsperry.com, N-E-I-L. S-P-E-R-R-Y dot com. And the vowels in my first name are in alphabetic order. N-E-I-L-S-P-E-R-R-Y dot com. Neil Sperry's Lone Star Gardening. Only $36.95. Almost forgot to give you the price at neilsperry.com. Let me tell you about Mueller right now because I'm proud to have them as an advertiser here. I'm proud to be associated with such a great Texas tradition of a company. It seems like these days temporary storage facilities are on every street corner, but let's do a little bit of math, and let me just remind you that this company is anything but temporary. For what you're paying in yearly costs for that storage room, you could own your own your own metal storage building right in your own backyard, and that's with a Mueller backyard building. Their backyard building kits are easy to assemble with bolt-together designs, and they're priced right. You keep your stuff at home, and you're not throwing away money by leasing storage. Their kits come in a variety of sizes with more than 30 colors from which to choose. That's uh, adding style to your storage space. 
If you need a larger storage solution, Mueller's pre-engineered standard series buildings can accommodate almost any need, whether it's a smaller place for a lawnmower, a place for cars, boats, or even an RV. You can have peace of mind that a Mueller metal building will protect those treasures at a reasonable price. You can see all the options at a Mueller at MuellerInc.com, the website. M-U-E-L-L-E-R-I-N-C dot com or give them a call at 877-2-MUELLER to find a location near you. That's 877-268-3553. They are Mueller, they are made in America, and they are made to last. MuellerInc.com. I'll have more after this message. All right, Kelly Robinson, thank you, sir. And we have uh, three calls now, and so only one line open, 888-256-1080, just as Kelly said. Let's go to Joan and Brian, first uh, call out of the bag. Joan, this is Neil. Good morning. Good morning, Neil. Thank you for taking my call. I've had a cold, so I hope you can understand me okay. Oh, you're doing great. Okay, well, I need some serious lawn care help. Let me tell you first that I think I have what I would call an invasion of dichondra. I thought it was dollar weed, but I've looked it up and it's dichondra. And we also have, because we have vacant lots on our street that they don't cut the grass right, I think it's Dallas grass, the one that three or four days after you cut it, it's got a long frond of seed on it. Right. Okay. So I, I have both of those. And I have been, my husband and I have had this big debate because he buys, he bought the pre-emergent several years and um, to put on the yard. And I wouldn't let him because when I read the directions on it, it said not to put it on St. Augustine. But it's the same thing that he'd bought in Sugarland for years and used without any problem. And then I went to producers and I looked up, they have a pre-emergent. But I looked at the ingredients in it, and it's got 2,4-D. And for some reason, I've gotten all concerned about 2,4-D killing my trees. So kind of help me here what I need to do. I can can help you. Uh, First of all, a pre-emergent isn't going to work on either of those two weeds because they're both coming back from established plants. They're both perennial weeds. Um, So that, that... puts that fact out on the table another fact we're dealing now with another fact um the uh uh, 24d is only for broadleafed weeds and i want to explain to other people i think you sound very astute and i I think i'm probably insulting your intelligence but somewhere out there there's somebody who is half awake and i'm going to go for that person uh, well, I, I'm pretty but, sure but, I've got uh, several no, broadleaf no, Yeah, things. hang on, hang on. The uh, Dallas grass, folks, I'm talking to the other people, has wide leaves, but it is a it is a grassy weed. When we talk about broadleaf weeds, we're, we're using that word to describe weeds that are not grasses, not the width of their of their leaves. Please understand that. It has to do with the 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 way the the plant is made up internally, how it grows and the cambium layer of the plant. And so when I say broadleafed plants, 
I may be talking about a tiny little weed like spurge or something. And you say, well, that doesn't have broad leaves. It's tiny. Well, that's not the, the fact. So anyway, we're on now we're back on, on your answer. Uh, Dichondria is certainly a broadleaf plant, and, and a broadleafed weed killer will go after it and do a very good job of controlling it. You have to be careful when temperatures are above 85 degrees using broadleaf, using 2,4-D around St. Augustine. At cooler temperatures, it's not so much a problem. I have never had any trouble using 2,4-D on my St. Augustine. I just respect that 85-degree uh, limit, and I don't spray when it's sunny and, and warm. Uh, if it's 65 or 70 degrees, I don't worry about it. I'll just spray in the middle of the afternoon. But if it's, if it's a, uh, an 85-degree day, I'm going to wait until evening to spray and I'll spray the dichondra at that point. Dichondra is a weak weed. It will only show up when the grass is thinning, maybe because of too much shade or uh, some other problem. So that's another fact laid out on the table. These things are related, but they aren't. You know, so just lay all these out. Now, the, the big dog in this hunt is the Dallas grass, because we don't have a good chemical control for that for any kind of lawn. We used to have a way to get rid of it in Bermuda grass, and that was MSMA, but that was taken away from us 10 or 12 years ago. And now even in Bermuda lawns, we don't have any way to get rid of it for me to tell you to get rid of it, let me put it that way, other than just spot treating it with something to kill it that will also kill any other grass around it. So that one's a booger bear. That's the one remaining weed of all weeds. That's the tough one to get rid of for us because it, it, um, there's no selective weed killer that will do a good job. When MSMA went away, uh, this is a, a factoid, and I'm, I'm saying this as a comment, not as a recommendation. When MSMA went away, it didn't go completely away. It was still left in the market for um, very specific uses. It can be used in ditches. Go figure. I don't understand that. That was, must have been some reason. Um, and it can be used uh, in, in some commercial uses, so commercial operators still have access to it. But home gardeners can't get it, and so I just leave that to you, and you can talk to commercial operators and see if any of them happens to have it. But that's uh, MSMA. It, it, that's for Bermuda. If you have St. Augustine, you never did have a good control for Dallas grass. You have to spot treat with uh, a glyphosate herbicide, such as the original Roundup or some of its clones. I've covered a lot of territory because you, you gave me two really different and, and pretty difficult to weeds to eliminate. By the way, you mentioned worried about your trees with the uh, 2,4-D. That doesn't need to be a problem if you're using a pump sprayer and spraying it right down onto the, the weeds because it is not active in the soil. Now, this was in the fertilizer, in the bag of fertilizer. I it was would, on there. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be using a weed and feed. I recommend using them separately. Okay, so what uh, would I, well, let me, back years ago, um, I was told, and I actually bought one, there was a weed wipe that you could use with Roundup. Does that mm -hmm. still work? Oh, yeah, it will. And that's, uh, that's Roundup or any of the other glyphosate-only weed killers. In other words, it doesn't have any other active ingredient. You can use that. It's, it's it, for folks who don't know what you're asking about it's a wick applicator it has a, a wick that you just wipe across the the, uh, the blades of the dallas grass in this case 
and yeah. uh, that does a, a very good job. And, uh, of course, the more access you have to blades of the Dallas Crest, the more thorough the coverage will be, the more thorough the, the kill will be. Uh, the other option that you have, uh, this gets just kind of bizarre because because we don't have something that you can selectively use to to kill the Dallas grass. Somebody called my program years ago and said, Neil, here's what I do. I take a one-gallon milk container, cut the bottom of it out, take the top off, use a, a two-gallon sprayer, put the nozzle down into the, the gallon jug, push the jug down onto the Dallas grass clump and spray within the jug. That contains it right there in that square foot or so. And so, yeah, I have a dead spot right there, but I get rid of that clump of Dallas grass 100%. Because, and, and whereas with the wipe, you may not get it all because you're not making perfect contact with the whole plant. I got it. And that works pretty well. I've had a lot of well, people me, say that was good advice. Let me make sure I understand now. Mm-hmm. Do not use the fertilizer that's in the bag with the 2,4-D in it. On I don't. I don't like to recommend weed and feed fertilizers because I think they need to be done separately. You'll have okay, better well, results if you fertilize first, let the weeds grow actively for a little while, and then treat the weeds. When what do vigorous. I treat them with? What do the, I treat them with? The materials we've been talking about, either the glyphosate for the, for the grass, for the Dallas grass, or 2,4-D for broadleaf weeds. So then I can spray on liquid 2,4-D, mm-hmm. that won't kill the St. Augustine. Is that what you're saying? If you if you do it at, if you respect the temperature things that we talked about. Below 85 and not sunny. Right. Or if it's, or okay. if it's cool. I mean, we're out of cool weather now, especially in Bryan. Yeah. But uh, in the in the earlier in the spring and in the fall, you can you can spray in the middle of the afternoon if it's if it's cooler. So right now, what I need to do is just fertilize and let the St. Augustine and the weeds flourish, and then treat something in the fall for pre-emergent, no. and then wait till oh. the spring. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Let me. I, I'm way behind, but let me let me say you don't have to wait till fall to 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 deal with the weeds. You fertilize, wait a week or so, and then you can use your 2,4-D on the on the dichondra. You can deal with okay. the Dallas grass and the spot treating a week later also. You don't wait any. And the pre-emergent is not going to help you with either of these weeds. You're putting pre-emergent out for other kinds of weeds. Okay. Crabgrass, graspers, um, annual bluegrass, rescue grass, a lot of rescue grass in Brazos County. I grew up in College Station, so I, I know the weeds yeah. of my home county. Oh, know them well. I got to run. I gave, you, okay. I gave you a lifetime experience in weeds. <laughs> okay. Thank you. Good luck. You can do it, girl. I know you can. Thank you, Joan. All right. Jennifer, I was going to get to you, but let me take one more break, and then I'll come right to you. Stay with me, Jennifer. And and Barbara and Denton coming right after that. Maybe I'll get both of those in the same segment. Let me tell you about Fertilome right now. Fertilome is a great company, and they have products in all of these different categories. Please, please, when you go into your independent retail garden center or, uh, or feed store, or hardware store, ask them for Fertilone products, please, won't you? They have all of these things. They have glyphosate products in their line as well, and it's also high-yield products. Don't beat around the bush when it comes to fertilizing your trees and shrubs. They need at least two feedings a year, one in the fall and one in the spring. This is a great time now to apply your Fertilone tree and shrub food. 
Fertilum Tree and Shrub Fertilizer contains 19810 fertilizer analysis and five micronutrients. It's a unique formulation that creates a penetrating action that does the rest of the work for you by moving the fertilizer down from the drip line into the feeder roots. That means no need for digging holes, and that's good news. This tree and shrub food is formulated for all types of trees and shrubs, including shade trees and fruit trees, nut trees, evergreens, citrus, even tropical trees, for those of you in South Texas. One of the greatest things about the makers of Fertilome is that they are dedicated to supporting local retailers, like I told you. All of their products, including tree and shrub food, can only be found in independently owned garden centers, feed stores, and hardware stores. To find your closest dealer, go to Fertilome.com and click on Find a Dealer, F-E-R-T-I-L-O-M-E.com. They're packaged in the green bag. It's Fertilome Tree and Shrub Food. It gets your trees and shrubs off to a great start for this growing season. Fertilome Tree and Shrub Food. Ask for it by name. I'll have more after these messages. All right. Thank you very much, Kelly. And now we go to Jennifer in College Station, Barbara in Denton. There we go. Jennifer, this is Neil. You finally got here. How can I help yes. you? Uh, well, I, while I was waiting, I was just uh, patiently hand pulling the many little clumps of poa that I'm still dealing with and looking for the new spots of nutsedge that have cropped up in my St. Augustine lawn. Mm. I pay a service to come out and, and I've never had it before that I can, and it's like, it's in big areas and I pay a service to come out and do the, the pre-emergent and the fertilization and stuff. So I don't have to keep up with that. And I was just wondering, like, did they miss something? Did the lawn company maybe bring in nutsedge or what do I do? Did they bring any type of topsoil for any kind of filling of a hole or any kind of project? No. Now, the nutsedge is probably has been there. It may have been dormant or, or mm, okay. seeds may have come in. I don't know how it would have gotten there. Uh, verify for sure that you have nutsedge, the way that you can do that very easily is to roll one of the plants. These plants, when you pull them out, have, um, and I'm not going to encourage you to do any more pulling on nutsedge. That'll never right. get you anywhere, <laughs> as you know. Uh, when you pull them out, they have four or five leaves per plant. They don't have 50 leaves. They just have a few leaves, right? Right. All right. And when you yeah. roll one of those plants between your thumb and your index finger, is it decidedly triangular? Is the stem uh, decidedly let triangular? Let me go grab one. Um, yeah. Well, okay. This that I'm looking at here, I don't know if it's like a bunch of them. Um, I just want one. You just need one. Yeah. One healthy, vigorous one. Um, no. Let's see. I pulled off a leaf and I'm rolling it between my fingers, but I can't really get it to go into a triangle. And it actually, it has some vertical lines to it. So... But is there, I mean. To confirm that you have nut sedge or any of the sedges, sedges will always have triangular stems. If you have any okay. doubts, take one in and cut it straight across with a single-edge razor blade, a very, very sharp knife, uh, and mm -hmm. look down at it, and it will be, you'll, you'll say, oh, my goodness, that is triangular, as opposed to mm -hmm. grasses, which are circular. Um, yeah. So I, I just want to make sure that we're talking about uh, uh, sedge. Sedges have a yeah. unique flower structure also. The uh, controls okay. for sedges are, are two. There are two that are commonly used. One of them is image. That's the one I've always used. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, Image has been in the market for about 25 years. Uh, there are other products under the name of Image, under that umbrella now. It, 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 it makes me uh, just I grumble because the, the owner of the company, the people who bought the company from the originator, decided we have a good thing going here. We're going to put some other products under this umbrella name and, and sell off the reputation of it. And they're for, they're for other purposes. You need to look for the original image that is for nuts edge control. It will say that on the on the label, nuts edge control. That's okay. what you use. And, and so I'm just going to deal with that now from this point on in my discussion. Um, so that's image. The other one is a, a product called Sedge Hammer, Sedge Hammer. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, that one is that one is very effective, uh, but it is more uh, used by commercial operators for lawn care companies, things like that, landscape contractors. And okay. so you don't see it as often in, in the uh, consumer trade. So image is, uh, is intended to be used twice, 30 days apart, with both of the applications falling between mid-May and mid-September. That means okay. that, that if you don't get around to it right now, you must make the first application no later than August 15, so that the second one can be made by September 15. But here we right. are at the beginning of that time, so you make one now and you make the next one on uh, on June 20, and uh, okay. set. and and it will gradually uh, cause the nuts edge to disappear. It doesn't make it wilt, and you say, "Oh wow, look at it work! It's doing a great job." It just gradually disappears. It's it's a very different weed killer. I've used it three or four times on my own yard, two or three times in different areas. And it's done a very effective job. It can be used in some shrub beds and some ground cover plantings. The label will tell you where you can use it. Um, so that, that will take care of, of the nuts edge, I think, very effectively for you. Okay. Uh, it, it may be a little confusing when you read the label as to how much water to use when you apply it. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. If you buy a bottle that says it covers a thousand square feet, it doesn't matter how much water you use when you apply it because it says to come back and water it heavily immediately afterwards. So you get oh, enough okay. water with it to get it applied and then you water the dickens out of it right away after to soak it in. It has to go in through the roots. It's all, it's totally different from any other weed killer you've ever used. So. Yeah. That's my story on okay, image. Well, now, your your annual bluegrass, your poa annua, uh, I want to address that one for you. Um, the fact that you have it could mean that your company applied the weed ki- the pre-emergent at the wrong time. Mm-hmm. Um, in in uh, in the fall, the time in in Brazos County would be uh, the first uh, week or so of September. Uh, it may be that they were off-cycle some. They have access to some products that will give some uh, post-emergent control of POA annual. So it might have been mid-September, but somewhere first couple weeks of September. If they were drastically off that, like November, then that may be the problem. Uh, yeah, so I'd, I'll have I'd to go back to and check my records. That. Yeah, I'd talk to them about that and, and see what they say. But I also want to tell you, if you if you Google that and look at, at university uh, POA annua control, you're going to see a lot of southern universities like A&M and LSU and Clemson that are reporting that there is a resistance to uh, pre-emergent mm-hmm. uh, weed killers by POA annua. 
and so that it's not we're not getting the 100 percent control that we would like to have so that may be why you're seeing it yeah it'd be well i appreciate it thank you all right good luck all right take thank- care Bye-bye. Let me go to Barbara in Denton now, and we'll uh, make sure. Oh, my goodness, I'm way behind. Barbara, I've got to get a break in. My first call was just really lengthy. Let me do that, and I won't I won't short-circuit your time. I promise. Uh, my book is Neil Spray's Lone Star Gardening. And, uh, folks, I'll just cut right to the chase. It is $36.95. Uh, I will promise you that you will say that was a bargain. And if you don't say that, if you say, I wish I hadn't bought it, I'll buy it back from you. No questions asked. Um, I'll, I'll sign your copy, and I'll buy it back, even signed. No problem. So that's how, how confident I am that you'll be happy with it. it. has 11 chapters that cover every aspect of outdoor gardening, from lawns and landscapes to fruit, flower, and vegetable gardening. 344 pages, 840 of my photographs. It was printed in Texas. It's a hardback printed on high-quality paper, now in its sixth printing. It's only $36.95. That is a sale price for a limited time more. If you'd like to get it, there are two ways to get it. You cannot buy it in a store. You cannot buy it on Amazon. That's by my own personal choice. I self-published it so I could have the editor and graphic designer of my choice, and, uh, and, and then I just decided I don't want to put it in stores. They would run the price up too high. So these are the two ways you can buy it. You either buy it from my office during the week by calling my office, uh, business hours, Monday through Friday, 800-752-GROW, 800-752-4769, or you go to my website to buy it. That's neilsperry.com, N-E-I-L-S-P-E-R-R-Y.com. It's Neil Sperry's Lone Star Gardening. I'll have more after these messages. All right, Kelly, thank you very much. Let's uh, go back to the phones. Barbara. Barbara has become one with her phone. Barbara and Denton, how can I help you this morning? Good morning. I have a question concerning uh, replacing my yard. I lost a large portion of my yard to take all root rot. Uh, I thought it was treated in, in the fall, and uh, over the winter, apparently, it, uh, it came back. So I'm going to replace the sod but with St. Augustine, but I'm curious if I should treat the soil with something, uh, if that fungus is still there. I don't think you need to pre-treat before you put the new sod down. It's going to be pretty warm by the time you put it down, and take-all root rot is a cool-season fungus. Even if it were there, it would not be terribly active by the time you get the sod down. Um Barbara, I'm, I still have mixed feelings about whether take-all root rot is totally responsible for St. Augustine's very poor performance this spring. I have a, a couple of areas of St. Augustine in my lawn, even in spite of all of our shade that we have at our house. And I think the cold at Christmas did a number on the St. Augustine as much as any take-all root rot or chinch bugs from last summer. I think it was kind of a combined effort of drought and and chinch bugs and and gray leaf spot from last summer and just all the stuff that St. Augustine has going against it right now. I don't think it's all take all root rot. I think I think cold gets a big part of the blame. 
Yes, I was afraid that uh, the cold winter um, had an adverse effect on it. It sure did. We had a, a time in 1989 when it got so cold it went below zero that year uh, as a first freeze, December 23, 1989. And the only reason I know that so well is we had a family reunion in our yard the next, the next summer. I didn't have any lawn. Oh, family's coming to see Neil's lawn, <laughs> and it wasn't one, there wasn't one there. I <laughs> yeah. tried. There was no sod available anywhere. It just it wiped out the sod industry, and so I was I was trying <laughs> ryegrass or fescue or anything to have something green, and I had mud. I had nothing. So uh, that one also was cold damage, and that was Raleigh St. Augustine. I think you can plant your new St. Augustine and be just fine. The only concern that I'll offer is if if the if your grass was weakened because of a lot of shade, uh, planting new sod there may, may have the same challenges, so it, it may be a little harder to get it established. But, but I wouldn't worry about the take-all root rot now. I, I would worry about it next spring uh, and, and be ready to treat coming out of the winter. Okay. It, it's, it seems to me that it's getting worse, a lot worse. Well, the area where I'll be planting the sod, it, it gets quite a bit of sun. Good, so good, good, it's good. It's not, not shady. And I've been watering it, uh, hoping that if there's anything left, it will come back. And I see a little bit of uh, new sprigs, but uh, not sufficient to cover the yard. I was I was uh, in a neighborhood last night somewhere. I forget where I've been. Oh, what a spring. And uh, and the lawns look pretty good, and I'm thinking, what have you done? I don't think you've done anything. What what is this? And uh, and yet I see a lot of lawns that are very well maintained normally that are hurting very badly, like you're describing. So I think that has to be cold. Okay. Yeah. All right. I thank you very much for your information. Well, I thank you for your patience. You're more patient than I would have been. I, oh. <laughs> have a okay. great day. Thanks. You too. Bye bye. All right, that uh, it's been tough. St. Augustine is my grass of choice. It's my turf grass that I grew up with. Um, my wife is from Ohio, and she said, that looks weedy. That's big. It looks just weedy. Ugh. And she's not quite that demonstrative about it, but, but it's not her choice. She grew up with Kentucky bluegrass, which is admittedly a beautiful grass. Um, and... Yet this is what I knew, and I didn't have the allergy problems that I, I have had when I've been around Bermuda grass. And so anyway, uh, but it just has a lot of baggage now. It's developed a lot of problems. So that's where we are. Well, let me tell you about Neil Spray's eGardens. It's my free electronic newsletter. I, I spend about a day, day and a half a week. I don't do it in a day, day and a half, maybe two days a week, writing and editing eGardens, and I enjoy it very much. It is uh, something I've done for 19 years now. comes from my computer to your email Thursdays, just a little after 6 p.m. There always is a featured plant of the week. There always is a uh, uh, the question and answer section uh, where we answer the questions, where I answer the questions that you have posed to us. And if I don't know an answer, I reach out. I reached out this week to uh, Dr. Larry Stein with a, a fruit question that you heard called in a week ago. Uh, and had a great answer, just a super-duper answer, and uh, so forth. And then I also have gardening this weekend where I point out the most important 12 or 15 things to get done in that weekend so that uh, you'll always know what is right on the top of your list. And a couple of other stories as well. 
So if you want to see what eGardens looks like, take a look at it. We leave the most current uh, uh, samples up for your inspection uh, right where you sign up for it. You have to subscribe to it. It's free and always will be, but you have to subscribe to it. And so, yes, I will have your email address and your name, but I will never give or sell either to anyone. You don't have to worry about getting spam because you have signed up for eGardens. Go to my website, same place you go to buy my book. That's neilsperry.com, N-E-I-L-S-P-E-R-R-Y.com, and click on that eGardens tab. I'll look forward to having you as a subscriber to Neil Sperry's eGardens. 1930s were difficult times for America. The country was in the Great Depression. Jobs were scarce, but hopes remained high. It was during that time that Mueller started making metal products. Now here we are 90-some years later, and the Mueller name is known across the South as having the finest in quality steel and workmanship. Mueller and its products, they understand what it means to weather the storm. A Mueller metal roof is made to last and to protect you and your most valued possessions from the harsh weather we're accustomed to in our area. A Mueller metal roof can endure the intense sun, the heavy rain, hail, and snowstorms for years to come. That's much longer than a conventional roof. If you want peace of mind for the future, choose a metal roof for your home, a roof that's made by Mueller. Visit Mueller, Inc., Dot com. Learn more. Find a location near you. You'll see why a Mueller metal roof is the best thing to put over your head. That's M-U-E-L-L-E-R. Give them a call at 877-2-MUELLER. That's 877-268-3553. Or stop by one of their 33 locations. They're Mueller. They're made in America. And they are made to last. Mueller, Inc., Dot com. I'll have more after this message. All right, Kelly, thank you very much. And I don't think we have time to solicit more calls. So I'm not going to do that. Uh, I would encourage you to join us every Saturday at this uh, at this same time, a little after 11 till just a little before 12. I look forward to this very much. We put a podcast of the program up on my website, neilsperry.com, by Monday evening each week. And uh, so if you missed part of this one, join me there. And uh, love to have you. Um, a couple of things to uh, to mention. Uh, take all root rot came up, but it really didn't come up today. If you have St. Augustine especially, but it also will hit Zoysia. That's the great news of the day. Glad I could brighten your day. If you have uh, uh, St. Augustine that has come out yellowed this spring, it just isn't greening up the way you expect it to, that probably is take all root rot. You pull up on a runner and it comes loose easily. You see that the roots are are very short and very dark, dark, dark brown. That's take-all root rot. And then a foot away, the grass may look just absolutely normal. Um, it is a cool season disease. It will go away as it gets warmer. The grass will begin to look a lot better. Um, and uh, you can uh, you can easily uh, uh, make a, an improvement in it with azoxystrobin. Uh, that is a fungicide that is available to you in the Scots line. And uh, I would recommend to you that you um, that you uh, put it on, even though it is late in the spring, because this weakens the grass a great deal. Um, and uh, Jared, please have them go to Plan B if you would. We have a call that came in really late, and uh, there is a way that that person can reach me at another program. I do. 
Um, the azoxystrobin does a good job of stopping the uh, the disease. It is a serious disease, and we, we just have to do something to try to um, uh, uh, halt it before it. Uh, so it's disease X. I don't know if I said the wrong thing a minute ago. It's disease X, Scott's disease X, and uh, that will help you a great deal. I don't know of any other company that has uh, azoxystrobin in their product line at consumer level. Um, but you really have to do something to, to uh, put an end to it. We used to recommend putting a, an inch of peat moss down on the soil, uh, but the problem with that is that uh, it's expensive, it's cumbersome, and it only suppresses. It doesn't stop it. Um, that's what I have. That's our program for this week. Uh, grandson Joseph is going into the eighth grade next uh, year, and we were in the car last night when he opened his uh, canvas from his orchestra teacher and found out he has made the top orchestra and he is pretty pumped about that and he's also going into band the top band on drums so it's a good time for joseph have a great day everybody thanks for listening happy gardening